Hey, folks, we got some really great episodes and videos coming up for you here as part of this pod venture. Honestly, some of my personal favorite content we have ever produced. Really great stuff. Before we do that, there's a couple disclaimers. First off, just a little one we'll throw out. This has been done over the course of 2020, which, as we know, there's been shutdowns all over the place. It feels like an eternity. If you hear anything that's uh, somewhat repetitive over the course of these episodes or you see any odd inconsistencies, it's just because there was so much of a gap between each of the videos and podcasts that we shot. So keep that in mind. Now, the other thing is, of course, being that we're going to be discussing the topics of self-defense, home defense, other things of that nature, we're talking about some pretty serious stuff that if you find yourself, which we hope you never do, in the worst-case scenario, it can have some pretty big legal or emotional ramifications and other consequences, depending on how you act and what you do. Now, we are all in different areas with different laws, and also we are not, Mark and I, nor anybody at the Vortex Edge Academy here that we have, that we trained at, uh, professional lawyers. So don't take anything said in these podcasts or videos as 100% factual law. It will vary in our own interpretations of laws and things like that, and the way we word them may not be perfect. So do not take them as instructions for how to handle a situation you may find yourself in. These episodes were created with the intention of giving our listeners great food for thought and a prepared mindset to be ready for anything, not to be legal advice or material to reference in any sort of legal situation. Should you wish to practice some of the things we've done here, please exercise extreme caution, as always, with firearms or physical training, and we highly suggest seeking professional training in a professional facility like Vortex Edge right here at our facility in Barneville, Wisconsin. And surely there's going to be more news on just what that is and how to sign up for things like that coming in due time. So now that i got to kind of the uh, cover our own you-know-what out of the way, Enjoy the videos and podcasts here. Let us know what you think in the comments on the YouTube videos or on Instagram. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands, the Second Amendment, and good food. What's up, everybody? We are in part three of a little pod venture that we have going on here, all relating around uh, the idea of defense, you know, self-defense, home defense, all this stuff. It's a hot topic these days. And the first two episodes that we've done with uh, Pete, Adrian, and Justin down there at the Vortex Edge kind of center, uh, we're revolving around shooting, firearms. That's stuff we pay a lot of attention to. I mean, a lot of us have said it time and time again in many podcasts before, a lot of us are firearms enthusiasts. We think guns are cool, and they tend to be the first thing that our minds go to when we're thinking about self-defense. It's, you know, what am I going to have? What gun am I going to have ready at my nightstand? Am I concealed carry? Whatever. But in order to try and make ourselves as well-rounded as possible, Mark and I decided that uh, rather than just teaching ourselves, you know, the fundamentals of shooting and some of these uh, ideas and mental preparedness things behind carrying a gun or having a gun ready or learning a lot of things around firearms, we realize that it's not always realistic to assume that every encounter, so when I say every encounter is a little bit like happening left and right, but if an encounter presented itself, it's not always realistic to assume that uh, the gun would necessarily be your first action, first thing to go for. And I think that the person across the table from us can speak to that a little bit. And uh, Mark and I have gotten done with a, a morning of beating on each other a little bit uh, and learning a lot of fundamental things around, I'm going to call it, 
hand-to-hand combat, but I don't know if you would call it that, or just combatives or something. That works. Yeah. Does that work? Yeah. Okay, just something self-defense, yeah. something where we're not relying on the firearm, we're relying on our own bodies, right? And so Kyle McNally is across the table. We'll have him introduce himself. Uh, first time on a podcast, but he said he's watched many of them, so he's, he's got this. He's a pro already. I've got this handled. Although you're trying to distract me with this box of crayons. Oh, the 96-pack. I'm a Marine, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, exa- I'm not exactly sure what to do over well, here. Well, it's, it's we're still pretty close to lunchtime. Is Are it you snacky hungry? time yet? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, yeah, that's what we've done to uh, hopefully distract you from uh, further putting us in more rep- submis- submissive uh, holds. I'd, and- I'd like to say that we actually brought those for you, but uh, it, they're a mystery to Jim and actually, myself as well. We have well. no idea where they came from. Is the 96-pack like a go-to for you guys in the Marines? Uh, or yeah, the red, prefer- ones, the red ones are still in there, so it's... After, so we're done, after we're done with this, I'll take that as payment. Okay. <laughs> well, that's fine. <laughs> I will happily pay you in crayons. All right. But yeah, how about uh, we'll do a quick intro on you. I'll let you introduce yourself, and then we'll get into some of the stuff we talked about and actually did today. All right. Well, I, I don't believe there's an expert in any of this, but I've got some experience. I, I've been wrestling since I was a young man, uh, elementary school, wrestled through a couple of years of college. Uh, college wasn't working out, and I landed in the Marine Corps where they fed me many crayons and taught me some, <laughs> taught me some, some uh, uh, martial arts stuff. I was a black belt in the Marine Corps martial arts system. I'm currently a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I've trained around the area at a few different gyms, and it's kind of a passion of mine. I still actively uh, practice you know, about six hours a week. And I teach at a, a gym in town, uh, Rise Up Martial Arts in McFarland at noon on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. <laughs> Good to know. Um, so yeah, and what we what we did today was kind of a culmination of all of that, and it's not really a, a system. It, I can't point it to uh, being mixed martial arts by any means, but I, as we talk, I think some of that will come out where it's a, an understanding of concepts and of positioning and, and maybe a little bit of confidence in the middle of chaos. Mm-hmm. So, Can you speak a little bit to, like, right off the bat, you know, I think people think that, hey, let's say, for example, you're, you're going out and about in your, in your daily life. Some people think, you know, I strap a pistol onto my hip somewhere, I'm carrying, I'm good. I can go anywhere, I'm invincible, because I now have this just, like... Might as well be ha- a cape, Jim. It might as well be a hammer of Thor that's just, like, the ultimate trump card every time a situation arises. Can you explain, like, why that's not exactly realistic and why it's still important, if not maybe even more important, I don't know, I'd, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts, uh, to understand how to engage in situations that might come up without the firearm, you know, and, and right. all the stuff around that. Well, let's talk about the uh, the carrying of the firearm to, right. to start. Like, it certainly isn't Thor's hammer. If anything, it hinders your ability to, to handle some situations, if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. The non-life and death situation, which is way more probable than having to engage in a, in a deadly force situation, especially as a civilian, I think we kind of ran that math today. It's, it's not real probable. you got to avoid use of that at all costs. So learning to use your body and feeling confident in the use of it to, to fend off an, uh, an opponent or an attacker far outweighs your ability to use a handgun. Mm-hmm. In, in the same... In the same thought, I think people, I mean, I, I was looking at your eyes today while we were training, and some of this stuff, while a simple concept being introduced, seemed to take you back for a minute. And you're like, whoa, 
I think people wear their handguns and go out in public too with the, the same level of training where they think they know, like, oh, under stress, I'm going to be fine. You've only st- shot in a static. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I am I on the right track where you're. Yeah, I get, like it's funny to think about the fact that let's say somebody might strap a pistol to their hip and think to themselves, if something goes down, I'm ready to you know potentially use that against somebody but then when they watch somebody put someone in an arm bar it's like ooh like that's gruesome and you're like do you, you're putting that two and two right. together right like right. arm bar versus fatal right. shot like i'm going to go the arm bar is less than perforating somebody with hot lead <laughs> like, yeah yeah no yeah. yeah it's uh i think when we were talking about like the gunpoint thing earlier mm-hmm. if people don't just do what you want them to do because you have a gun in fact, nobody should know you have a gun until your life is completely on the line. So like that, it's one's an apple and one's an orange. The the self defense and the confidence that comes with it, uh, to me, is worth way more than having a handgun on your yeah. head. Well, and then we were talking earlier too. Like, well, number one, you might not have a gun on you, right? So mm-hmm. these, uh, you know, I'll call them tools or skill sets that you know we practiced or really were just introduced to today. Super handy. Yeah. And, you know, definitely something that if a person develops those things and works at it, I mean, yeah, you're just your confidence level, like in yourself and just like how you can, you know, navigate life is you're just going to have, I guess, you know, extra tools, right? Jim, you love tools. So (laughs) you might not have a gun. Mm -hmm. If you get into a situation that's pretty hairy, you might not be able to get to your gun or it might be a hairy situation that doesn't require your gun, but then you also have a gun which now you're navigating different yeah. things. There's a lot going on there. And I'm not there saying is. don't carry a gun because I think concealed well, is. carry but, is awesome. But, but still, but. In, at the same time, though, let's say, you know, I've had people where they'll be like, oh, you know, do you carry this? You know, this is a while back. And I'd be like, you know, no. And then they almost give you a look like, what What are you going to do if somebody attacks you? You know, like you're you're literally left defenseless. And I got, you know, I'm thinking to myself, they're literally, it's, like a, it's like a light switch. Like you're either on, a.k.a. like, you have a means of defending yourself, or if you don't have a gun, you're off, and you ha- you're just helpless, just floating out in the water. I like that. You're like a gun without a magazine. It's, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah. it, no, and that's not... You should first be able to handle yourself. In fact, I'd go so far as to say if you can't, you should really question whether you should be carrying, because mm-hmm. avoidance is, is, is the key to all of it. I mean, you, right. you start talking... These things are hard to talk about sometimes, because you're, you're talking about the hand-to-hand and then concealed carry and and people are really passionate about you know what they love Mm -hmm. but guns are meant to end lives so i mean while we do have the second amendment and that's all good and people should carry the responsibility that goes with carrying one it's not like oh the world is scary i need a gun (laughs) like you need to to prep yourself i think we were talking earlier about being living in the probable and being prepared for the weird well Mm -hmm. the weird doesn't come very often and to me that's where the concealed carry may be applicable in the one percent chance if not you know 0.5 percent chance so it's it's what we did today that understanding i think will take you a long way in, in, in in feeling comfortable even carrying like i feel better if i do carry I feel better knowing that you can't just walk up and take this from me. Mm-hmm. Right. I've got ways to keep you off. Because a lot of times, the only gun in a gunfight is the one you brought. <laughs> so like, so <laughs> if, if I'm point. so soft that you can get it, 
we, we've got a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Which, That's something that kind of crossed my mind while we were doing, you know, the uh, that hand-to-hand stuff earlier today. I've, I was almost thinking to myself, hmm, we kind of did these exercises in reverse. Like, I almost think what we're doing today is step one, and then, you know, the pistol carbine, you know, follows that. I, I can see what you're getting at there, yeah. To your point, like you said, if you're not capable of keeping your handgun in your possession, that could be a problem. Mm-hmm. Fast. Very fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, we didn't talk about holsters and stuff, and we had, you know, plan if, depending on how long things went. But, you know, right now I'm carrying an open-top Kydex holster. That's bad news. That gun's coming out if we get into a tumbling tumbling match. So the retention and some other things you can do to set yourself ahead. But the, the weapons retention stuff, I mean, we had talked, you know, I've seen it taught where grab both of their hands and push it into your gun so they can't get it out. Well, while you're doing that... You're getting, you yeah, you're getting punch sized <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be unconscious in a minute and they're just going to take it anyway. So I, I just don't, yeah. you know, if you pull, if you were to pull your handgun and somebody were to grab it, mm-hmm. you just introduced it to a, to a situation. Right. So I don't know. To your point, I mean, it is a difficult conversation to have because like you said, there's so many strong feelings out there about all this and in no means, or by no means are any of us saying, you know, that, you know, you shouldn't be concealed carrying all that stuff. And there is all the discussion of, you know, there's, there's the right to bear arms and all, uh, and there's sporting uses for it, competitive uses for it, all, all these things. But, you know, the, the point of today, I think that we're getting at is that Anytime you find yourself, I haven't really found myself in, I found myself in situations that could have escalated, but never found myself in one where stuff started happening. But it's a complicated thing. It's a really complex spectrum of danger, levels of danger, levels of risk and in your life and all this stuff and, and legalities and, and who knows. It's a, it's a complicated thing to get into an altercation nowadays, really. And you were getting into that, Kyle, a little bit when we were we were down there, and, and you were giving us some, some instruction, like for example, uh, discussing the type of people that you may find yourself getting into an altercation with. Most of them aren't actually necessarily looking. I forget how you worded it, but there's the person who's just super messed up, you know, out there, and if if they want to get you, they got you. Right. Like yeah. they'll find a way. But then there's the person who's more, it's like a pride thing. It's an ego thing. It's a spur of the moment, adrenaline rush, just kind of knucklehead sort of thing. And they kind of puff out their chest. And in many times, I think that it's possible that that can be misconceived if you don't have the right mental preparation for it, where you're like, my life's in danger. But it's like, really, if you had some knowledge, if that person starts coming at you to sort of subdue them quickly and show them, hey, you're not the boss of the situation. Like, do you really want to do this? Let's think about it. I mean, a lot of times a person might be like, geez, dude, you know, or whatever, and kind of like shrug it off and go their own way. And, you know, they might have some choice words for you, but was it really worth, at that point you realize like, I wouldn't have wanted to end that person's life. I wouldn't have wanted to have this escalate to some life or death matter. Well, and that was, a, I think uh, Adrian might've made that point where we were downstairs where it was, you know, what might start as an argument over something dumb you yeah. know, something inconsequential that can escalate, especially if you're wearing, wearing that handgun. Like it started with you smarting off back to somebody who, I mean, what point was there? 
that turns into a shoving match. Then the haymaker comes. Then the wrestling match comes. Then you're mounted, and you're worried now that you're going to go unconscious, and you have that firearm on you, and you pull it, and then bad stuff happens. This small argument with the person posturing just turned into this deadly force type situation, which is a real sad scenario to lay out, but it happens. Yeah. Yeah, it goes to that fight, flight, posture, submit, and freeze understanding. And the more you study and understand that, you can see the cues in people. Are they posturing? You know, we talked about the scenario where some really big muscled up guy is talking smart to somebody in a, a bar somewhere and they're mouthing off and standing between them is a friend or a girlfriend with their hand on their chest holding back some guy the size of Moose who was training with us, you know, yeah. with one hand extended and they're like leaning in. Like they could walk right through there, but it's the posture. Yeah. If they weren't here, that's that ego-filled. If you recognize that early and you understand, that's all part of the self-defense. It's not the physical stuff so much as it is the understanding of the world. If you see that, you just turn and walk. Mm-hmm. They might keep smarting off or trying to push your buttons, but at that point... It's, it's just not worth it. And you can save yourself a lot of, because it's tempting. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, uh, they're going to insult you with whatever they can. Well, and every movie ever glorifies the guy who's, like, strong enough to walk away, but then they say that one thing, you know, about their wife or about their, you know, whatever, and then they turn around and, I'm going to teach them a lesson now, and then, of course, whoop up on the person and come away looking still perfect, you know, and their hair never even got messed up, and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, if this person mouse, I'm, like, I'm going to teach them a lesson. Yeah. It's like, really? And see, those aren't even fights. When, when I'm, we're talking fights, I'm talking... I mean, remember we talked eyes, ears, mouth, and nose? Yep. Neck, nuts, fingers, toes? Yeah. Like, that. Like that's what people attack when it's when it's giddy-up time. Like, we're, we're going to dance. It's for real. I want to maim or hurt you. When I say fight, that's the fight I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Not a sport fight. Not what we do over doing jujitsu. Not what the animals do when they're in the in a ring tearing each other up. Like those those guys are a whole another level of sport. I'm mm-hmm. talking about in the street. This person wants something from me, or wants me gone. That's a fight. Right. So that's where like we're talking about today in, in the in the in the positioning and where a gun might come into it. That's real. But if you can stop it before it gets that deep, isn't that what you want to do? Mm-hmm. We were talking about holding people down and not giving up the position because teeing off on them seems like a good, seems like a good idea. A lot of times it's not what you can do. It's what you should do. And that's one of those situations where it's better just to, to, to quell the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Like you might be able to pull out or you might want to pull out every super cool move in the book to somehow like really take it to them. But it's like, if you have them subdued and they can't move or go anywhere, isn't that the point? And if like you, if you're not getting hit or punched or kicked or jabbed or whatever, and you've got that figured out, for sure, well, more is necessary. And if you go and look at people that that do this professionally, even at the uh, big mixed martial arts, we have some local fellas that are fighting on the Bellator competitions now. It's yep. super neat to watch these guys. They don't do crazy stuff. They they close distance. They gain a uh, position of advantage, and they capitalize on it. And, and that, that can take a process. So for us to be practicing some choreographed movement, life doesn't happen on a choreograph. If it did, 
you would know when you needed to carry your gun or when you didn't. You would know if you needed to train to fight or you didn't. It's all a huge question mark. So we go with that probable thing. Kind of what we were, we were dealing with today, but I spoke of the, the Marine Corps martial arts stuff where we would like do the big block and the chop and the turn and the knee. Hey, each move in a vacuum is, is, is good. Mm-hmm. But if you only learn it in that sequence yeah. and that sequence doesn't happen that way, you're going to be like, oh, <laughs> and then you're going to get spiked like a football by somebody because you're going to be left wide open. You haven't learned the principle. You learned to move. So right. Well, and like you were saying, like that person isn't person isn't just going to stand there. They're going to you know react or respond to like whatever your first movement is. Now you did a lot of stuff today where you were making a movement or doing something, or even maybe providing intentionally an opening to guide the other person's next movement, anticipating that, and using it against them. Um, yeah, we saw like that several times. That, yeah. that sounds really fancy, but <laughs> it was, all it is is I'm, I'm stopping you from doing some things and allowing you to do some other things. I just know where the allowance is. Yeah, right. And, and I can definitely capitalize on that. Like it's it's going to be human nature. If I keep you from being able to turn into me, where are you going to go? You're not going to lay there and let me beat on you, are you? Right. Yeah, it was uh, it was all it was, it was really enlightening stuff. I thought for me having you explain it, it was interesting to see that I think a lot of the instruction that you showed wasn't anything fancy. And I mean, you brought that up a number of times, like you, you calling it boring, which I I didn't think it was boring by any means. It's just certainly not what you see. Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan or whoever it is doing on movie screens. We didn't get to the roundhouses today. We didn't get to that. I mean, it wasn't quite Rex Kwon Do, but, you know, it was still pretty good. <laughs> I'm telling you, 100 ways to attack the groin. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, some of the, the guys I have that I roll with and grapple with that are the best uh, at what they do are very simple. They keep you flat. They chalk you. Uh, they make it so you can't go anywhere. And then it makes you go somewhere hard, and they they tear you up with it. Mm-hmm. So it's a, that's kind of the concept that we were we were working through today. And more than anything, it's comfort. Like I don't really I mean, we talked about this. I don't care what you do, or if you even know what you're doing, as long as you're calm but violent <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> does, is that if, if that makes sense? Violent. It does. The word violence can creep some people out. I'm not talking about uh, like movie violence or doing bad stuff to people because you want to do bad stuff. I'm talking about the action it takes to win a confrontation like that. Mm-hmm. So if somebody grabs you and you freeze or you just start flailing, you're, you're in trouble. But if you have deliberate movement with a purpose done at full speed or full send, mm-hmm. um, you're ahead of the game. You have to disrupt that person's attack. And whatever you're using, not partial to boxing or Muay Thai or jujitsu or whatever, I just enjoy jujitsu. I'm getting old, so I can still do that. <laughs> but it's go with something, have it in your head as like an immediate action drill. If somebody does this to me, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Run through it in your brain a few times so that when it happens, yeah. So, but yeah, it uh, it really is. It really is. What you mentioned, you mentioned staying calm first and foremost. I think it is a really important thing. And uh, when we were doing some of the drills or exercises or whatever you'd call them, where you'd put in a situation like, let's say, for example, you're pushing somebody up against a wall, right? Well, like you used Mark and myself as as examples a few times, and 
you'd you'd be like, you know, okay, I'm going to push you up against this wall, even after you had demonstrated what we were supposed to do to get out of it. But, like, the very first instant you sort of, like, pushed, I know, me up against the wall, it was like, oh, gosh, and brain instantly, like, what's happening? What am I doing? You know, and uh, I forget everything you taught me. (laughs) And uh, you just sort of, like, it's just this mash of chaos in your brain. And once you kind of, like, calm it down, though, and you're not so tense and you're not, so worried about every single thing and you realize like I know I've I've been getting into boxing sadly I haven't gotten enough into sparring but uh you know they talk about how important it is to stay relaxed and and you always have more time than you think everybody always thinks like everything has to happen right now like if I have this move it all has to happen in an instant but you always have more time than you think and you're searching if you're searching for a move that's where the problem happens so in that particular one we were talking about up against the wall, that's a concept. There is no move involved there. It's just bumping an arm and moving and using your force against you. Once you understood and we talked about that force a little bit and you just let the force happen and you didn't think like, you're like, oh, I put my hands in the wrong spot. No, yeah. you didn't. Like you're, <laughs> you're, just, you're trying to mimic what you saw me do instead of feel what you're feeling and use it. Right. Mm-hmm. Once you understand that, somebody pushing you against a wall isn't scary anymore. Right. Right? So I think immediately moving forward from today, if somebody pushes you against a wall tomorrow, you're going to be like, you might originally be, oh, but then moving out of there is going to be pretty easy because you (laughs) understand. Exactly. First time somebody showed that to me, I was like, no way. Come here. I'm a fairly good-sized guy. Push me against the wall. It's going to be no problem. I go, ah, eat the wall. Like, what the? Right. Oh, there's, I mean, you're, you were demonstrating with another guy who was here. He's not on the podcast because he had to get back to work, but uh, a guy named Chris, who everybody calls Moose. Yeah, the big Moose, man. Rightfully so. The guy. He is a large male. I actually watched, because I thought you were kidding at first, he does go through doors sideways. He does. He turns his shoulders. He actually turns his shoulders to go through doors. (laughs) Um, And I was, when I actually saw it, I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, But (laughs) you're demonstrating with that guy. I mean. There are times, many, many times, when you're showing a lot of these moves where it's like you've got Chris in this super, you know, essentially dominant-looking position where he's this attacker who's sort of gotten the upper hand for a moment. And even with a guy that big, you're doing some simple moves while staying calm and not exerting a ton of force, and then you're forcing him into a situation where he's just locked up, just stuck. And now it's on him to just exhaust himself while you're just kind of, like, chilling, you know, and... Let's talk about Moose for a minute. Yeah. All right. So he's a he's a big guy, played football. He's one of the strongest dudes I've ever touched, right? But here's a guy. He works in law enforcement. He, he's he got nothing to prove to anybody. In fact, nobody looks at this dude and goes, I'm going to take a shot at the title. Like, it just doesn't happen. The guy enters the room sideways, looks around. But he understands. He came to a class once, and he was like, oh, man, what is this? And he understands, like, oh, this is a hole in my game. He's a hunter. He's a marksman. The guy, I mean, he's a sniper. I mean, the guy The guy knows what he's doing, right? But he even understands, like, hey, I need to, I need to do some stuff so that I don't have to use these other tools. Like, I don't want to get pushed to a deadly force situation because I, I stink at this. Like, I could have just gone home and ate a bowl of cereal later, but no, here I am dealing with this big, long, drawn-out thing. Right. He's, like I said, nobody messes with him, but he's completely hooked. And now you've got these monsters in there. They're all moose's size. <laughs> and they're doing this very technical stuff, and it's super dangerous. But I look at that, and I think, you know, why, 
why don't people get into this? And then you look at this guy who definitely doesn't need it. And he, mm. he's, he's full money. Well, I mean, didn't you say, like, when he started out doing this, there were guys half his size that really knew what they were doing that could just oh, still toss him around? They I mean, can, uh, no, nobody ever tossed him around. Well, that's no, a, that's a load, but that's, he... That's, uh, that's an over-exaggeration. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody's ever going to toss that guy. But. No, but they, they, they... And they can still give him a handful. That's, that's the understanding of this thing. You can really even the field with the understanding of some of these concepts and most of it is staying calm that inside positioning we were working on mm-hmm. that's just folk style and freestyle wrestling throughout the years and moving into mma and everybody that inside spot there's so much you can do from there but you have to be calm and use what they're giving you yeah. um but yeah it's a super it's a super cool journey to watch guys like big chris go through yeah you mentioned so like inside positioning and some of these other you know arm bars or holds or I guess sub- submissions or whatever whatever you'd call them is a lot of what we were working on today. What like a lot of wrestling got brought up. You brought up you know MMA at times, even though you were saying you know those guys are pros. They're probably not who you're going to run into on the street because when they fight, they want to make sure there's money there. To, you know, <laughs> That's it's true, man. So, <laughs> I, hey, I I agree because uh, but then you brought up uh, you know obviously jujitsu some of these other martial arts and sports, if you will. Are you just working with kind of a combination of all this stuff, or is there one particular thing where, you know, hey, this is the one to study? And Well, depends upon what you want to do with it. Yeah. For me, I do the jujitsu because it keeps me from getting too chubby. Um, it, it's a good, not real high impact, not blasting away at a bag and busting up the joints and stuff. Uh, pretty safe way to have full contact combat with somebody without getting injured. Now there's injuries from time to time, but that's what the tapping is for. And you get good training partners and they don't refund stuff. But, um, I do that side of things, but I, like we discussed earlier, I don't care what you're doing. As yeah. long as you're getting some sort of combat between you and another human being, or you're moving body weight, I don't care if it's grabbing a buddy and carrying them around. Body weight is heavy and body weight shifts and it moves and it's, you know, try to hit somebody who's trying to hit you. Like these things are, are, are difficult. That's why I prefer to grapple because I am not all that scared. I can punch hard. I can throw a couple of good hard kicks, but I am not the most nimble when it comes to like a boxing situation. So all I'm trying to do is close distance, get inside, get you to the ground and take you into deep water. That's kind of a jujitsu term. Like that's that's where I live. But as long as you're doing something, mm-hmm. you're gonna do. You're gonna be well above. I mean, let's 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 be frank. People stop doing martial arts, generally speaking. You know, kids go in and they do karate or taekwondo, um, Brazilian jujitsu, whatever it is they sign up for when their mom and dad want to have a sane hour and a half in the evening. Like, hey, let's go drop the kids off at the martial arts gym. That's awesome, and it's super good for the kids. I mean, I've seen it do a lot of good things for kids. But as we grow older, we lose those things. Yeah. So I was a wrestler, so th- I'm naturally drawn to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm a jarhead, so I kind of like pain. So like, let, <laughs> let, 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 let's do this thing. Some, you know, arm bar me, feed me some crayons, and we'll move on. But normal, I don't want to say normal, but n- normal adults, you know, jobs and regular hot like some people golf sure you know if you're into archery you go and put a bunch of time into that i just find time for this and i, I think people could do themselves some good by by mm-hmm. adding that to the repertoire i think i mean it's another level of just self-sufficiency you know it's like us oh, probably good to learn how to 
pickle things and can things and also defend yourself if you <laughs> yeah. need to. Yeah. You know, I mean, really, I mean, all of them could affect your life. Yeah, you yeah. need food to eat, and if somebody wants to hurt you, it'd be nice yeah. to not be getting hurt. Well, I it's guess. like the good news is, is there's not a lot of people out there trying to hurt you. It's like true. At, at the end of the day, I'm over prepared. <laughs> so right. That's okay. Yeah. I thought it was funny when you were talking earlier how, you know, the world has gotten a lot more civilized in mm-hmm. that, and that probably if we were in medieval times or whatever, or maybe even further back from that, I mean, it's just, if you disrespected somebody, it was like, okay, we're going to throw down and we're going to beat the crap out of each other. And then whoever comes out on top is sort of the winner of this argument. And then uh, when we're done, we'll go on our merry way, you know, and that's just kind of what happened. And now the idea of getting into a physical altercation or fight or whatever is so what's the word i can't think of it but i mean somewhat foreign like Like it's just not it's not how we generally handle things no it's not it's it's definitely not acceptable it's it's not even that far back you go back to when people used to scrap in in hallways at school like a gym teacher would come a gym teacher would come along and toss you aside and be like you go that way and you go that way and there wasn't uh, huge repercussions for it. You might get a detention, if that. I mean, if somebody That's got fair, hurt, actually, you might. Yeah, it's really not that long ago. The, the, there wasn't a lawsuit. No, no. And there wasn't, you know, the cops didn't come and give you a ticket or arrest you like this. I mean, even in uh, bar fights of college towns and stuff, you know, cops almost went and acted as a referee back you know, I, I listened to stories. My father was a police officer, and he, he, it was a different world. Yeah. Now, if you lay your hand on somebody, there's going to be charges, and there's going to be lawsuits, and if somebody gets hurt, boy, you know, you're in trouble, and that's good. And we don't want people out there having gladiator school in this <laughs> middle of State Street. But at the same time, it's made it so foreign that people that are skilled that want to use it for evil – We've got a population of people who don't know how to handle that, right? Because they've mm-hmm. never, they haven't caught that punch in the face. Because you're not going to die. And, you might even yeah. find you like it. It's, it is what it is. Then you should go join the Marines. That's it. And eat some crayons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> one, one thing, one thing that stuck out to me, and I think maybe, maybe even circling back, but you, you talked, Kyle, about like you know the first step, avoidance, right? Like avoid, avoid getting into this, you know, mm-hmm. altercation or this scrape, essentially by any means means necessary or maybe to some capacity but maybe maybe talk about the steps in that process sure yeah so we've talked about tactically running yeah i'm not talking about like we used to call it the groucho the combat slide or combat glide you know the the operators running around with their guns we're talking we're talking we're talking about running with a thought behind it with a purpose so the the first answer is hey this is dangerous i don't want to be here I'm going to get the hell out of here. So if it's my, if it's a singular opponent, I'm going to measure that person up. All right, can I outrun him? Because I'm going to try either way. Because mm-hmm. there's a twofold thing here: is he willing to run, or she? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to run. If they don't follow, phew, I'm just going to keep running. Problem mm-hmm. solved. Problem staying solved. It's a done deal, right? But if they keep following me, I now have to decide: am I going to win this foot race? Because if I run until I'm caught. I'm going to be dead tired, and this is going to go really, really poorly. Yeah. Right? Especially if they catch me from behind when I'm still trying to move because they've got my back, and this is, this is bad news. So the first thought is, is there more people nearby? Can I make this a public thing where people might stand up for me or help me or this guy or gal's going to be like, oh, nope, witnesses, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Is there a barrier I can put between you and me? And if all of those are no, I'm running, you've decided you're going to chase, and I'm not going to win that, 
I have to turn and make that now an offensive decision. Yeah. There's but, no point in running away if they're going to catch you. No, heck no. It's... It is futile. And that, right. <laughs> that's, so. that's, that's a hundred yard dash where you're like, all right, is he, is how, what, what does this mean to you? Yeah. Like, do you really want to whoop me? If anyone thinks too, that you're not going to be tired because of adrenaline after a hundred yard dash, please go run in a track meet, the hundred yard dash. No. There's a lot of <laughs> adrenaline. And at the end of it, you are tired. I can, Absolutely. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. And sure. it's, we're talking a sprint and oh, I, yeah. and I'm only sprinting 20 feet. And if you're coming, and I think you're going to get me. It's it's time to stop, and we're gonna we're gonna have to deal with this another way. But yeah, that's the first the avoidance thing of it. Don't go places where you think you're going to need to fight. <laughs> you know, that's fair. and if you see somebody, it looks like they're going to come and try to take a shot at the title. Just go the other way. There's there's no pride in getting the last word on those folks. It's it's not worth it. I mean, you have to like you have to think ahead. We were talking in the. We were talking when we were actually kind of uh, working down there at the range. Like I found myself in a situation, you know, where somebody was coming at me, and I, I he said some stuff to me that was trying to get me riled up, and then and then went, "What are you gonna do?" And I had to think to myself, like, one, I'm on vacation with my wife. Uh, two, it's this friend we're with. It's her birthday. Three, do I really want to end up probably getting injured? And hopefully, he's the one who's more injured at the end of it. But like, I'm probably still gonna like if I have to wail on him, my fists are, my hands are gonna hurt. I'm probably gonna catch something, get bloody. Don't want to deal with the cops showing up, you know. And it's like, no, I kind of want to go out and get dinner with like my wife and friends tonight and have a couple yeah. drinks and have a good time. Like, so no, like I'm out. And the story's funnier the way you tell it anyway. Like, I, I, don't, I don't need that. <laughs> you didn't need the fight to, to make it. Um, there, there was zero plus side to engaging that person. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's usually the case. Unless it was staying alive, there's there's zero point. Now, what about your pride? Now, 20 year old. <laughs> 20-year-old Kyle McNally is watching this video right now calling me some names to include hypocrite. You know, I remember being 20. What I've got now is life experience to sit here and tell you it ain't none of it's worth it. The need to fight should only lie on the survival aspect. Right. Not not to show your macho or to defend your defend your home. Somebody's trying to come in there. Yeah. Hey, there's probably some fisticuffs happening there. But it it was uh it was kind of funny when you brought up at one point you're like all right tell me some things that you guys find find either find yourselves in or are worried that you might find yourselves in where you would want to know what to do if if something happened or whatever so i remember we're kind of like throwing some scenarios out of you well what if this happens the person comes up and they do this or whatever and your response in many ways was kind of like well you can you know like basically it's not worth it like get out of there and I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm getting ready for you to be like, well, you're going to get him in this, you know, hold, and you're going to, like, flip him over or whatever. And it's like, no, actually, his answer is just, like, let's say somebody comes up to you when you're at your car. That was one example. And they're like, give me your car, you know, and, and they're and they're in front of you. We're trying to come up with these scenarios. Like, well, what if they come up from behind you? And it's like, you know, and they're saying, give me your car. And you're saying, do you want to have a car or do you want to be dead and never see your kids again? Yeah. Yep. I'll... I'll take uh, yeah. just not having the car. Answer be well. The, the the other thing that really stood out to me, Jim, uh, was Kyle said, if somebody wants to get you, like if they really want to get you, like yeah. surprise attack, yeah, like you're got. Oh, like yeah. if somebody, yeah. if that's their, and, and I was like, oh crap, it's it really it's is true. honestly true. I mean, yeah, like if if you people who are just downright evil, like if they want you dead, they'll 
find a way. You can't I mean, possibly just, walk around and measure everybody up that you see. I mean, there's... You'd be exhausted. Yeah, and people yeah. come up. There's a video that Adrian mentioned. I've seen it. Or the guy's just walking down the street, and they hit him with a brick in the back of the head. Just walking. Yeah. What are you going to... Like, there's no magic button for that. There's no super jujitsu for, oh, right, the surprise brick attack that you never saw. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just going to do this quick little flip or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'll do a quick little flip, but <laughs> yeah, face first never into get the back, sidewalk. Never get back up again. Yeah. yeah. You know, but you know, keeping that in mind, are there or is there anything that you maybe do, or just like a higher level of situational awareness, or just cognizance of your surroundings? Like, are there things a person can do to maybe, like the, I don't want to paint the picture like this is happening all the time because lucky, luckily, it's not right. The, the incidents like yeah. this, it's but, not until you're the one person that it happens to, and then you're the one right. person that it happened to, and then. So you're like, it's like, yeah, you can't be sizing everybody up constantly, or heck, it's probably not even healthy to be like super crazy. Worried no, all the you can time, make yourself, you can make yourself crazy if you try to be that like ultimate warrior uh, all the time. But you know, carry your gun everywhere, size everybody up, train to fight people. I, I train to stay in shape and and stay where I'm comfortable in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know, do you, I don't go anywhere where I'm worried I'm going to get in a fight with anybody. No, like, like on a general day, not on purpose. Like I'm not going to go and throw down in the dairy aisle at Pick and Save. Like, it's just <laughs> like, that's my milk. Like that ain't that, yeah. it doesn't go down that way. Not on purpose. I mean, the only time I ever find myself in something like that is when uh, Google Maps is giving you the direct route instead of the roundabout route or whatever. And <laughs> right. You're driving through and all, it's nighttime. And you're like, where am I? No, oh. I've I've had life experience. You know, I was in the Marine Corps out east, and then you know it was a wild time. And, you know, I, I don't drink anymore, so I'm not in bars. So, like, I'm a dad. I got stuff going on. Like, I, like I'm trying to think of where I go. Where um, you're like, man, I really need to be Like, oh, boy, this is super dangerous. Like, you're at the father-in-law's farm. The cows ain't coming. Like, that's, <laughs> that's it. So, I, I don't know. The avoidance, you can get that second we were kind of talking about that, where you get that uh, second sense or sixth sense, I guess they call mm-hmm. it, where you're like, oh, something's weird. Listen to that, man. Mm-hmm. Get, if somebody's eyeballing you, just, they do. what's your problem? Well, we know where that's going. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and hopefully I don't end up on, like, the news somewhere for saying this, but, like, you know, it's, it's uh, oh, shoot, I probably even set it up even worse than it was going to come out by saying that. <laughs> but, like, I think some people nowadays might see a situation unfolding where they feel uncomfortable about it, but they have something in their head where it's like, well, I shouldn't think that way about this person just because of that, because maybe they're just, you know, maybe they just do that on the regular, and maybe that's just their thing, and so I don't want to judge them or what. And it's like, look, if you got a weird feeling, you don't have to go up and tell that person, like, hey, just so you know, I think you're, I think you're unnormal or what. You don't have to, like, insult no. them. It's just like, just, just keep to yourself and subtly maybe turn and go the other direction, like, it's not have to being be a discriminatory. Counter, there doesn't have to be a counter protest to everything. Like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's kind of where we're at as a nation. Like we're a little rabbit hole there, but like we do to land of the free. We got I got flags tattooed on me, man. Like I love this country. And I mean, while I train for some bad stuff that might happen in this country, by and large, people are good. Deep down in their cores, there's there's good in people. So a lot of times these fights, these arguments, the things that lead to exactly what we were training for today are just a difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a right to, to, to impinge on that. Like, right. Do your thing. You want to stay out of fights? Do your thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Like, I don't agree with that. Okay. Yeah. I, that's the beauty of it. Like, <laughs> that's it. Go home. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, I hear you. You said something when we were chatting earlier in the podcast, too, like have a plan. And that's some of the things we did today. Like, I feel like, like, and I'm by no means pro at them. Like, I'm going to go back and we took some video today. Like, I'm going to rewatch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be watching some film, Jim, you know. But uh, just like, okay, well, if somebody does this, I'll do, just knowing that if you do this, I'll do that. Like, that's a huge thing. R- rather than just be like, I don't know what to do. Like, uh, panic you know mm-hmm. um i don't know i just thought i thought there was a lot a lot to that and a lot of what at least what i feel like i saw you doing was just like training and planning and with that comes being able you're like you said you're comfortable you're able to stay calm because you know what you're gonna do you're like okay mm-hmm. if you do this i'll do this if you do this i'll do that well you yeah. do it while you're driving your car you don't think about it because it's become second nature but there's bad stuff that happens on the highway every yeah. day. If and a deer at, jumps out on the right side of the road, you slow down, you avoid the deer, you, you, know, you do whatever you have to do to not hit it. You do stuff. Or you travel in a different lane on a busy highway for whatever reason. You've made a decision to do whatever. It's the same thing, just different. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but your, brain, your brain works that way. Mm-hmm. If you program it to work that way in the physical defense of yourself portion – it will become more second nature where you don't freak out when somebody touches you. Mm-hmm. You learn you learn to redirect. Yeah, and also just understanding that there's no reason in just about any situation you might find yourself in to like either give up or freeze up or just assume I'm had because we went through a lot of scenarios that you would think of as being typical scenarios like somebody comes up behind you and then like puts you in a headlock or they try to grab you in this certain way. Or, you know, even, even when we were talking about like basically somebody's just mounted on top of you, just like ready to start giving you haymakers Christmas story style on the, uh, <laughs> on the orange eyed bully or, or whatever situation they, or they just start coming at you. And there's like, I know for me, it was never the situation where I didn't feel like if this happened and my life was in danger or my family, you know, ever this could get ugly and whatever. It wasn't so much a question that, yeah, I'm ready to do violence, like you said. Uh, and again, not like evil, crazy, weird stuff, but just sort of like do what's necessary to stop it. It's not that. It's more like I've got a lot of willing and readiness, but not a lot of know-how. And yeah. some of the things we did today, like I'm like, huh, that was super effective. Wouldn't have been my first instinct. Also relatively not that hard. And relatively not, yeah. yeah. That's the point. You keep it simple, it's for sure. Yeah. It's not like anybody's going to get a lesson on here on how to do this if you're listening in the car or whatever. I mean, it does help to do all this stuff in, in person, but if we if we went through some of the things that you taught, I think I, I gathered, what I gathered a lot of was not shying away. Like somebody, let's say somebody's coming at you, don't keep pushing yourself away and keeping yourself within reach of, you know, some jabs and punches. and Right. The push, the push is... I think if somebody was listening, they could could uh, visualize this. A boxer uses that jab, one, to put a little damage on somebody, but two, to range where they're at. Well, a two-handed push puts you automatically at the end of that other person's range. So if you're being pushed, understanding that you're at the end of their punch and they're at the end of yours, so you've got to act first is a good thing. Now, the instinct is to get in that pushing match. Yeah, just keep pushing right. back and forth. And you're in there 
for whoever decides they're going to hit first instead of just closing that distance and getting inside and, and, and handling what you have to. That's that dangerous one arm's distance. Is, it's a saying, you know, one arm's distance away, but you are literally at the end of a punch, and that's where fights happen. Get in there. Put your face on their chest and see if they can hit you. Yeah, that was, uh, that, that was one of those counterintuitive things. I mean, t- explaining that, like, you know, getting this inside position, and you're, like, in many of those cases, well, actually, in every one of those cases, you're mashing your nose into their chest. And it's like, what a weird place to consider yourself being. Some strangers come up to you and they're at this point in time attacking you, pushing you, shoving you, whatever. And you're just going to get like up close and personal with their chest. Just motorboat everybody that comes up. (laughs) 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 That dude is super weird. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true, though. It's like, man, this guy really wants to hit me. I'm going to get closer. Yeah. Let's get right up in and just let's let's smell his his shirt. (laughs) That's it. Oh, you got some ketchup there. Yeah. 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 That that was a little bit uh, that was a little bit odd. But then, I mean, right away from that position. The amount of things that can happen from there. I mean, first off, just if you're getting inside position, you're locking up and you're controlling someone's elbows. That was a big thing is mm-hmm. controlling someone's elbows. You right off the bat may disarm somebody because this somebody may be thinking like, whoa, like I just came in to shove this person. Next thing I know, they're in my chest and my elbows are locked up. Like this isn't how I thought this was going to go. Yeah. I thought this guy my, knows some things in my, and, and yeah. maybe I don't want to find out everything. He in knows. my mind's eye, I thought I was going to shove him through a wall and punch his face in. But, you know, now I'm getting kind of handled. You know, but from there, it's like, you know, you can you can manipulate sort of their their neck, which manipulates the rest of their body. You can sort of get them in this position where their head's kind of low and they can't move. I mean, they're trapped and like all in such a relatively short amount of time and not fancy. It was just using fundamentals and, and kinesthetics of how the body works and what the body can work with and work without. And it was wild. So when I first learned a lot of this stuff, nobody taught the body science. I just knew that doing this worked. It wasn't until I slowed things down and I started teaching that I had to start understanding the why. So I'm sure my coaches knew why it worked. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have to explain it because they're teaching the move. Well, now I got to understand why it works. So when somebody's doing it wrong, I can figure it out. That's where that controlling the, you know, which, which way their head is turned or offline in their heads so they can't do that push-up and that little demonstration we did. That stuff is super cool because, mm-hmm. boy, you can really take somebody's strength away. And in that scenario where you're talking, you know, you're pushing and all of a sudden you do something and the, and the assailant's plan has changed. Well, generally speaking, that's one of those posturing kind of dudes. Like, that. that's not a – he ain't really trying to fight you if that's where you're at. Right. The, the guy who really wants to fight you to hit you when you weren't looking, like if he really wanted your stuff. Yeah. So just going inside and not like wilting might be enough for them to be like, well, uh, uh, just kidding. <laughs> you know, like, oh, man. Yeah. Let me buy you a beer. Oh, okay. Hey, right, right. You were, uh, you were mentioning, too, well, like understanding why certain things that you learn work. I know whenever I've learned something, I, I hate it when somebody just teaches me emotion, right? And, and this is what you got at a lot, mm-hmm. is anybody can teach you emotion to do. You know, it's just if X, then Y. If A, then B. But, you know, to your point that you were saying a lot of is that in the real world, like, stuff gets ugly. You're never going to be doing something textbook picture perfect because the other person isn't going to be in the right position. The environment you're going to be around is going to be, it's going to be slippery. It's going to be too tight. It's going to be on a hill, whatever. But if you get to learning, now I know, for example, like I saw you with that moose of a guy 
just manipulating his neck in a certain way and then taking control of like his elbow or whatever. And the guy couldn't move. Like he just like he couldn't do anything. And you're just kind of chilling out on top of him. And he's like down there exhausting himself. And just knowing, for example, that okay, you know, if I know control of the elbows and I know some stuff about like kind of the weight distribution and and having their neck in a certain way, that kind of makes it so that they can't move. However, that just means that if I find myself like let's say we both went tumbling down a hill somehow and now nothing's set up perfectly and oh my gosh, in my textbook, in my head, I don't have a move for this. It's like well, if you do something because you know about, you know, the neck and the and the elbows and there's also this thing on people's neck where if you karate chop it just right, it knocks them out. Flappy fish them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you generally know that, you can kind of almost make it up yourself a little bit based on some good principles. Yeah. It doesn't Start gather, add- gathering elbows. Yeah. Like that's, it's kind of the... Yeah, using their momentum against them or using, you know, understanding if their force is only going in one way and you have multiple ways for your force to go, you can you can use that to your advantage. It does give you a little bit more freedom to kind of work on the fly when you understand why you're learning things that you're learning rather than just learning specific moves. Right. I mean, Jim, you used the word that it is exactly what I was thinking was principles. Like we did, you could say we did some moves today, I guess, right? But yeah. they were all based on principles that kind of had a wide range of or appeared to have a wide range of, of application you know and versatility too we ended up in that kind of headlock position that pulled down to the front there's so much to do from there from both sides really because i mean oh, yeah. the counters are endless from for the guy underneath but as long as you keep that head cage and they can't get it out the side you're in pretty good business but you can go behind them from there there's a ton of techniques you can, can use from there but what was important is understanding how to get there right mm-hmm. I mean, you don't even have to know what the heck you're doing as long as that head is caged and they can't get out you can make some stuff up as long as whatever you made up keeps his head caged yeah. right like it especially at the level you're going to be fighting at in the street mm-hmm. like this uh, you're not running in again to the the pro mm-hmm. and if you did you probably really screwed up and you should just Give them your stuff and <laughs> go home because that definitely ain't worth it. Like if they want your truck, yeah, take it. <laughs> Cheers, boys. <laughs> Here's my address. You can have the minivan too. That is that is the truth. That, I mean, it, it's kind of that whole peaceful warrior mentality thing. It's not trained for what I think I'm going to have to do. It's just just in case kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. A, yeah. Mark, it, it was uh, it was profoundly fun getting uh, to <laughs> toss you around a little bit here and there. Also, getting our butts handed to us occasionally by uh, Kyle and Chris. But um, we uh, we did we did for those of you who are listening to this too, and you're like you're like I want to see some of this stuff in action. We did video it, so that's also going to come up with our pod mature, uh, you know, along with the pistol training and all that other stuff. But uh, I heard that the camera adds ten fifteen pounds that. Not, you know, it's uh, uh, kind of depends, got, really. I think the Ryan light, will figure yeah, it out. Yeah, Ryan, yeah. yeah. The I, lighting in there was pretty good. If so. it doesn't appear that I have a 32-inch waist, there's something wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're talking about, you know, actually doing the things, though. And, and that's, I mean, I guess it's with anything, right? You're just going to learn more and get a feel for it better if you do it. But we'd watch uh, you and Chris do something. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. You know, and then you're like, okay, you guys do it. I'm like... All right, where do I put my hand? You know, and yeah. or and then you do it maybe a couple times, and you kind of get it more, and you just. You, but a lot of it is feel. 
So that's a contrast to the the two styles of, of teaching you got today. For the most part, we are talking really gross motor skills, like, mm-hmm. like yeah. big, big motions, big concepts. Like we're going to get inside of these and you just put your hands like this. Like that's, that's not too difficult to understand. Now there's some mm-hmm. push and pull and some more intricate stuff that happens once you're in there. Now, when we shifted from that and from the, the pull down and some of the, you know, look, you can't turn or do the push up. When we got out of those concepts and we started to move to like, hey, uh, I want to give you guys this Kimura, uh, yeah. uh, which is a move I, I, I really like. Um, I really like it for real life conflict for the control position. That was really the only time we taught an actual like, no, your hand goes here and your hand goes here. Right. right. And did you see how, I mean, that got complicated it did real quick. That was like a human pretzel, right? So that's kind of what I'm what I'm getting at. Like, if you're going to get these shotgun blasts of training, uh, it can't be moves where it's like this. Hey, here's a Kimura into an arm bar into this cool scissor choke. Like, there was some cool stuff that you can do from there, but just the Kimura gets complicated. It does. So mm-hmm. if you're not going to train it. It, you can train the concepts, and the concepts once you understand them, and you can play with your kids in that inside position, and you can do the snap downs, and you can kind of understand, like, hey, I can get comfortable in here. Mm-hmm. That's real world, normal people that aren't looking to go on and, and, and compete or uh, rank up in jujitsu or whatever it is you're doing as your hobby. That's the like that like the elementary self defense stuff that you kind of wish was more common practice. Um, yeah. But as soon as we were like, hey, let's do a Kimura, then it was like, well, which way? Yeah, which does my wrist? Hand? That's it. <laughs> whose That's arm it. is whose? Yeah. Yep. Well, and and the stuff that you're describing as elementary, which I'm, which it is, right? But I've never done any of that Foreign. stuff before. Right. It's it's elementary into into the understanding of the conflict. So mm-hmm. I do jujitsu. It was like cheating when I was a white belt because I had all of those years of wrestling. So what they have is they have this thing called mat sense, and your hip pressure, things that you can't teach somebody. They have to be in there tangling with a gotcha, with, with right. a human being in order to learn. Like, oh, because it's not like you can put a dummy on the ground and be like, hey, do this. So that's that's where you have to learn. Trying to learn it backwards, like, hey, I learned all of Master Ken's hundred ways, but I have no idea how to do it on a person. Yeah. 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 Like when you when you start to spar, you mentioned you're going to learn real quick. You're like, oh, well, yeah. the pad moved and it hit me back. That sucks. And then you can do what I did. You go like I'm a grappler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of getting hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I'll t- I'll tell you the part I didn't like, Jim. When when Kyle was like, okay, now take your two fingers and uh, jab Jim in the soft spot uh, at the base of his throat. I'm like, no, I I don't want to do. That. But that's because I like there, you. Not that I wouldn't. Like, you know, was, in, a, in some sort of situation, you better be going for the throat, baby. Mark, but. see, I think we got to graduate from this level of being coworkers to, like, I mean, we've been both working at Vortex now officially for, like, 12 years. I mean, come Something on. Something like that. At some point, we got to be able to, like, you can jab me in the neck hole, and I, you know, <laughs> and then I can grab you. This is going to sound really weird without context. You'll have to see the video. I can grab you in the love handles and... Friggin' try and rip your skin off, and you know at the yeah. end of the day we can we can give each other high fives, and it's all good. I can but. sneak up behind you, ju- judo chop you to the neck till you fall asleep. Yeah. All that good stuff. We gotta we gotta try that sometime. I, like I'm not even gonna be mad if you just come up behind me and <laughs> yeah, just yeah. You got you got to Google that 
Marine Corps neck chop. There's a video out there. So okay. Putting right. some big like gunnery sergeant to sleep. He's oh. like, dun, 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 pow. <laughs> <laughs> all, all this time we've been way too civilized. It's so well, true. That's it. Yeah, we're gonna get mats all over the office at any given time if we're crossing paths. It's just all right. Let's throw down. <laughs> Who can get the inside position? Put the other guy in a I sweeper, mean, arm bar, leg hold, scissor chop, kick, choke thing. That's it. The reverse chicken choke. Yeah. Oh dear. That'll get that's, you. That's it every time. No. That's, <laughs> it's different. You guys, uh, you could see it. This isn't something you've. It was kind of neat. I, I got the answers I was looking for. You guys, either of you guys ever wrestle? Nope. Nope. All right, this is gonna be a show because oh, you yeah. touching people is weird, especially is. when I'm like, "Hey, grab him by his chin." Like, oh yeah, that's kind of na- stick your face in his chest. Yeah, right. it's kind of nasty. It's way up close and personal, and people are like, "I just, I just don't know." Like, yeah. that's pretty, pretty gnarly. Pull on his face, push his face. Yeah. You, even in some like jujitsu circles, I like don't touch their face. That's gross or like that's mean. But in sometimes it was it was strange for me. I mean, you I mean you look at I mean wrestling in that regard, which is the here's what I know about wrestling. If you know a person wrestles, you know I'm not a fighter anyway. But uh, don't get in a fight with that guy. No, because you are gonna lose. But they're gonna yeah they're gonna take they just know and they've been doing that that physical contact with another human being for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're tough, and they've been hit. Whether they were actually punched in the face, they've been hit. Like they've eaten somebody's forehead, or you know, oh, on totally. a shot. Mm-hmm. And that is a hugely uh, valuable lesson. I think the world is full of people who have never been fed one before, and you just, you know, if you've never been blasted in the nose before and felt all that happens with that, you feel like you're done. Like the tear, the, your eyes tear up and it hurts and there's blood and you're like, oh my god, life is over. And what just happened? No, I'm not crying. <laughs> right, right. But if you've taken one or two of those, or you know, you had your bell rung a couple of times, and you, you know, realize you're not dead. Right. You you still have like okay, so yeah, that sucked, but it's over. <laughs> like let's yep. try not to let that happen again. That type of survival mentality, uh, it's it, it's the same as. Uh, in the military, they do, like, the food deprivation and sleep deprivation. Not because you're actually, like, even when you're overseas in combat, like, they still, like, you get food and stuff. Like, they didn't have to starve you. They do. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> that was just for fun. <laughs> right. Seriously. They, they, they do that to toughen your brain so that when it happens, you don't just turn into mush. Right. Like, yeah. okay, I can handle this. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like, the Marine Corps made me... Sent me out of feeling like, okay, there's nothing you can do to me that's worse than that. <laughs> Love right. the Marine Corps. Don't get me wrong. But like, okay, my job sucks. Oh, really? <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> you yeah. know? So it's it's kind of the same thing. You got to prepare yourself. Get in there. Get a little dirty. Be willing to take that shot or go up against that opponent or partner in training that can kick your butt. You got a guy who comes to our gym. He's got my number, man. This guy is good. But I call him. Like, hey, come over here and beat me up. <laughs> like, because that's, that, you can't, you can't improve if you're. Not oh, testing those boundaries. Right. Like, yeah, if you exactly. just beat the same guy over and over and over and over, you're only as good as he is bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, then, like, yeah. It's, it's like the, uh, the old, like, 
school bully syndrome, you yeah. know, where it's like if everybody just folds when they walk by, you know, and then all of a sudden somebody finally clocks them in the face and they're like, uh, you know, well, nobody ever had to. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I, like, I don't think Chris has ever been in a fight. Because really? he's this, yeah, he's this monster. I, who would do that? I don't know who, but I, I just know there's just screwed up people like out there. You know? I mean, there are those guys though that you, I mean, you see them. They're like, they'll pick a guy, maybe not as big as Chris, maybe a guy, maybe like maybe a guy almost as big, like as a Chris. medium, I guess, compared to Chris. <laughs> well, no, it, it, but like, yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna get that guy. You know, almost becomes a target. Like, it's not a good move. I'll tell you that. But um, well, and that's because people are used to this. It's fun to play the game. Right. Yeah. And that's all just posturing. That dude doesn't want to. F- yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, I used to have to teach the Marines that like, we'd go out, and I think I told you about the big field full of goose poop. And if any of the first Fast Company guys are watching this from back in the day, you remember wrestling out there, full goose crap everywhere. It's gross and awesome at the same time. But we'd teach these guys to go, like, Full go on each other. Like, let's do this. And they'd be out there fighting and grappling, and we were not uh, delicate by any means. Like, it was, it was some rough stuff. And they would beat each other pretty good, and then you'd have to try to tell them to shut it off. Like, we did that all day long, right? And then Libo came. Like, it's time. Four o'clock's here. We're going to the bars. You're like, okay, come here, guys. None of that tonight. <laughs> and you knew it was going to go down. You're like, man, how do you do that? So you have to find this like way to be civilized in your training yeah. now. Like, yeah. how do you shut that off? And it's almost got to be. It is really hard. Yeah. Like some people are just like, they're just always looking for a fight. And they're just. A, There's something wrong with them. Right. And yeah. you're like, yeah, you can't be that way. You have to be. And everybody always says it's really hard to be two things at once. But it's like, well, life's hard. Yeah. Sometimes well, you got to be. Yeah, and all the stuff we did today, though, it's not like you're going out to prove something or like, oh, now I can go do these things, right? Oh, I'm it's, certainly not, still not going to seek a fight. Hell, <laughs> no. Oh, hell no. no. I've only been in one, I was in one kind of, it wasn't really a fight, Jim. Uh, what happened? Was it just like people sort of circling around each other for a long time, and you're yeah. like, I'm tired, let's was, go home. It was, a, it was kind of a bizarre scenario. It was my 25th birthday. I was out with all my friends, downtown Seattle. Uh, we're having a great time, pretty tuned up. If I'm, you know, I mean, if I'm being honest and we were, we were walking back, the bars had, uh, they'd closed. Uh, so we were going to the grocery store to get some beer, uh, cause, <laughs> cause we needed it. And, uh, in this like empty parking lot, this guy goes, Hey, get over here. So, all right, come with my buddy Doug and I. <laughs> so, hey, all right. Seems, seems, <laughs> seems, seems like reasonable. Probably just yeah. needs directions. So uh, had I had uh, the training that I just got, I, I would have uh, a red uh, whatever, some sort of light bulb would have gone off. And I go, wait a minute, I can probably avoid this situation. Yeah. So my buddy Doug and I go over there and he goes, we'll arm wrestle. Oh, we already had our beer, actually. So he goes, we'll arm wrestle our beer for your beer. And I'm like, I, I was just pointing out the opposite. I go, well, you can't. Arm wrestle, your arm wrestle, your one opened beer for all of our beer. That doesn't make sense. And oh, no sooner did logic. I, oh. no sooner did I finish that <laughs> statement, than like out of these adjacent vehicles, like it was like clown cars, like twenty people come rolling out. I'm like, oh. Oh, it was, dirty, think, it was Dirty Mike and the boys. Yeah, yeah that's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then, yeah, then kind of like all hell broke loose. Like, I, I didn't say a single negative. I just said, well, you can't arm wrestle your one open beer for all of our cases of yeah, beer. That doesn't really make sense. Basically saying, hey, let's make this a more sporting match. 
And uh, yeah, and then this uh, one kid, you know, of course, you know, my girlfriend, college girlfriend was there at the time, and she's crying, and people are getting hit, and I'm trying to make sure. Oh my she's god, this a, turned into was this like a full on like anchor man? It fight was scene? like it like was like anchor man. Yes, my buddy Doug got hit in the nose twice. Oh, he had that's to call, amazing! Wow, he had, he had yeah, to, he had to call and beat to work the next day. Uh, <laughs> but, how's that phone call? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm kind of messed up right now. But so I this. Got, clock <laughs> this one kid though like he comes up to me and he's like let's go let's go and i'm and again avoidant i go hey buddy like i said i had my girlfriend there not that i want to fight anyway and i'm like dude i don't want any so then he runs away i turn around to check on my girlfriend and he ran back and you know those um like folding uh like uh, construction signs with the little light on top. Oh my gosh, yeah. So he picked that up and slammed me over the back with it. Bro, this is like some WWE Seriously, stuff. Seriously, right yeah. Here. Like, I remember doing that. Rage in a cage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. On N64, WWE, you go out in the crowd and they give you a street sign. Anyway. So, and then, so I get up and he's running away. So he basically kind of sucker punched me with a oh, construction yeah. sign <laughs> thing. Uh, but the worst part, Jim, was I'd, I'd worn, and here's my, here's my, what happened to your beer? I don't even know where it is at this point. Uh, uh, the real crime. Uh, no, but uh, I was. I had worn, and I'd never recommend this. I'd never do it again. I, w- I had worn flip flops to the bar, and when he hit me with the sign, I fell forward and I stubbed my big toe uh, really bad. And I had a bunch of a uh, Seattle parking lot gravel lodged into the tip of my toe, which was kind of mostly missing. At the time. I'm lucky I didn't get an infection. And I'm I'm amazed that you're most, you seem almost more concerned about the infection potentially in your toe than you are about the guy who just like sucker hit you over the back with a streets a construction. That side. dude is awesome, by the way. I feel like him and I would have been friends. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> He's like straight up weapon of opportunity. He's like, oh sweet, a sign. You know, a here's point. the part I don't like. Like I said, look, buddy, I don't want any. He made it obvious that he was leaving. And then it uh, came back when I wasn't looking. I didn't care for that's that. That's that psycho we were talking about. That's yeah. that guy who's going to get you whether you want to get You already told him, like, I'm not down. Yeah. Did he hit you and run? Was that his? Yeah, so he hit me oh. with it. And then, actually, at that point, I was like, okay, I guess we're in it to win it. Uh, I'd got, at that point, I'd gotten upset, Jim. Right. And, but then he just ran away. Well, man, I think you got the raw end of that. Did he take your beer, too? No, we ended up with all that. It was just a really, it was really weird. Like, it was really weird. All over What year was this in Seattle? I was out in Seattle. I'm going to make sure this wasn't my buddies. <laughs> oh, boy, this was a uh, long time. Nah, 2001. I don't think you'd have been friends with these guys. Your buddies seemed like the kind of guys you'd get in a f- giant were like, fight no. over not well, taking them up on an arm wrestling. <laughs> There's some deviant dudes in that crew. <laughs> um, no, the uh, I learned something in Seattle once. Complete rabbit hole. They sell... Like hot dogs, you know, they have like Chicago style hot dogs. If you go to Chicago, or now they, right. they stole those and they sell them. They would sell outside there. Was it Pioneer Square? Yeah. They had a hot dog stand there that had, they put a hot dog and then cream cheese on the bun and then sauerkraut on top of that. And it was the most delicious bar dog you'd ever had. Hmm. Just in case you're ever curious. Like if you're watching this podcast after it's done, you're like going to the store. I'm getting, you got to get some like Nathan's hot dogs though. That's All right. Well, um, I, that might be my biggest takeaway. There you go. Yeah, but it's a wait, damn I was good one. For like crazy fight happened outside. Nope, just really good hot. Dog. No, really <laughs> good Sounds hot. really good. Like whenever somebody mentions Seattle to me, I have to mention this hot dog thing because it is fantastic. I mean, who would do that? Sauerkraut and I wouldn't. I, yeah, that sounds. It's not my first thought. 
I mean, there's. Th- I'm willing to try. I did it. watch that hot dog get chucked at a limousine one night because somebody was like, "There's weird stuff that happens yeah. in Pioneer Square." But yeah, man. hey, what a nice city, huh? It, it, it's a little crazy these it, days. It's, but. A little, it can, it's a little <laughs> wild now. That would have been O two, I think, ish. O two ish. You know, I might have been there then. Uh oh. Yeah, that wasn't about my guys. Come, to, th- come to think of it, you do look familiar. I do, I do. I didn't have this fantastic ginger beer at, <laughs> at that time. No. Well, you heard it here, folks. Um, <laughs> there you go. Hot dogs with cream cheese. Oh yeah, yeah. Kyle, it was it was great chatting with you, and it was also excellent training with you this morning. I think I've learned that I need a lot more of it. Although it sounds like the guys at your gym are all apparently Chris's size or bigger, They're and some big dudes. they like beating. But come on in, beating the crap out. We of got each this other, little. So. We got this dude named Dom. We'll give him some props. Yeah, like, the, I, I watched. Like, I watched Dom take it to Chris from time to time. Right, so. right. I just don't know. Then if I like, I don't know if that's supposed to convince me to come and be like, oh yeah, no, it's cool. He's your size. Go fight Dom. It's, <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. It doesn't it's, sound it's, like if, a guy I really want to run into in the gym. Up on Chris from time to time. Like I just yeah, and then stick with the boxing. You guys work some of these principles and and really in the land of. You know what? What people don't want you to know who do this for a living is two guys with the internet and realistic expectations of their uh, skill set at the end can really learn some stuff. Mm-hmm. If you if you start finding where that pressure is, you just have to have a realistic partner, and, and you don't have to have a gym membership to do it. But uh, it's 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 fun stuff, and for me, obviously, it's what I do. It's it's yeah. my hobby. Um, so I'm super, uh, I keep it it's super important to me. So it's yeah. kind of hard to, when you're talking to people like, hey, you need to do this. Like, no, bro, I don't. Nobody wants to fight me, which is perfect. But let's learn a couple of things then, you know? Yeah. 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 I'll stick to boxing, but then I'm just going to have to carry around my little, like, uh, dinger bell and have a little three-minute clock next to me, and then that way I can set up maybe even some bungee cords, so that way if somebody gets a fight, they hey, can I set this up real quick? I'm gonna, when the bell rings, we're going to come out and touch gloves, and then we're going to beat the crap out of each other. And then you get a little bit of a break after the first three minutes. It's basically just going to go, I'll grab a couple of judges, and then that's how... That's well, how you're sure going to find yourself hiding in that pocket from time to time. You're like, <laughs> I know what he's talking about now. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always wonder why they did that, but yeah. now I know. Marco? I know, man. I appreciate it. I mean, my eyes were definitely opened and just like you said, just kind of touching or getting some experience with some of those, you know, basic principles that are just wildly or seem like they could be wildly effective at the same time was just, you know, like getting inside and controlling elbows and, you know, turning somebody's face and, you know, making them. I don't know. It was just it was cool stuff. Yeah. Now you got to put it all together. Right. Put the whole kit on if you're going to. If you're gonna train with the shotgun, train with the AR, train with the weapon. Like, what happens when you got all that on? Yeah. Because holy cow, did life just get weird? Yeah. So I mean, that's yeah, and, and that's piece to piece to piece to piece. Like you said before, it's kind of like a weird, wild stuff. Yeah. Well, you guys are awesome. I've I I really enjoyed today too. Well, that's good to hear. Thank you a ton. Um, and then like we said, for everybody out there, check out the video because you'll get to see all this in action, uh, see some of it the right way, probably see some of it the wrong way for Mark and I. But uh, yeah. it was good stuff. <laughs> Either it way, it was stuff. a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. We got to we got to be in the shoot house, too. That was pretty neat. Oh, yeah, I felt was... like we were in some like cool training ground, you know, like like SEALs. Especially when the shooting started. Well, I guess next to us. <laughs> next but... door, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> That's crazy. This place is nuts if you've never been out here. this is It's like firearms and guns and optics, like heaven out here. Oh, yeah. Like this is only one of the cool rooms. Look at this. 
So yeah, you guys are you guys are all right in my we book. We try. We're, we're fortunate. You. I don't we care. Like I don't here. care what Pete said. So <laughs> <laughs> we try. Thank you. But Thank you. Uh, sweet. All right. Well, everybody out there, stay tuned because we do have one more podcast in this series. But uh, yeah, this was definitely a good one. So thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next one. Yep. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Vortex Nation podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hit that subscribe button so you can always stay up to date on the latest happenings over here at the Vortex Nation podcast. Leave us a review or comment down below. We want to hear what you have to say about the show, maybe what you like, maybe what you didn't like, so that way we can make these podcasts as good as they can be. You can also follow us on Instagram at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'll be posting about each episode released, so that way you can go back, find these things, maybe grab a little nugget of information that you can take with you to the range, out in the field, or uh, maybe to the kitchen if we're talking about some good food. So again, everybody, thanks, and happy hunting and shooting. We appreciate it. Have a good one.